0: And Praise team. We're so blessed to have them. Beautiful music, beautiful heart, able to tap into the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's take a minute and just receive from the Lord right now. I just feel his presence coming upon us because he's going to give us a word that will encourage us, strengthen us, and give us hope in this dreary land. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we live in your kingdom praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let your glory fill this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. He's our hope in every situation, everything that we're facing. God said, I am with you. I will be with you in trouble. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Oh, my gosh. Do you feel his presence? I, just, I feel his presence. I think his presence is here. Just receive it in the name of Jesus. Why? Because he wants to encourage us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants us to have hope in his promises. Because he said, I'll never leave you or nor forsake you. All of the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking across the congregation here. I know people are believing God for several things, big things, little things, all kinds of things. But God is God on the throne. We forget how great he is. He's a great God and greatly to be praised. So we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you, do, do you really want to praise the Lord? If you want to, just stand up for a minute. Let's just raise our hands up to him and just acknowledge him that he is Lord over all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say thanks to him. Tell him how great he is. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. What a great God you are. You're mighty. You're mighty. You're mighty, Lord. Mighty to save. Mighty to deliver. Mighty to protect We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, here he is in your hearts, in your mind, in your thoughts. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, shandamara. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Thank him for what you're believing him for. Just go ahead and thank him for what you're believing him for. Believe that it is done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for acknowledging that call of the Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus. Sometimes I just have to forget him on camera and just say, okay, let's just go for it. In the name of Jesus. Hopefully you out there can feel it and know it that God is real. Amen. So today we're going to talk about how to be used by God. Do you want to be used by God? Do you want God to use you or do you want him just to pass you by? (laughs) Because when you're used by God, he's pleased with you and he rewards you. And then when you get to heaven, he says, come and and enjoy uh, my salvation, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. So uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together. I ask you to guide my heart, my lips, my mind to speak your words in Jesus' name. Let the hearers hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you about a very important book in the Bible, the Old Testament. I don't know if you have read it before. It's called Nehemiah. Anybody read Nehemiah? you got, got a few hands. It's not a real popular book, not a real exciting book. It's about a guy that built a wall. Now, how exciting can that be? <laughs> oh, built a wall. Okay, I'll skip that book. Go to something else. But he was used of God to build a wall to protect the city of Jerusalem, God's heart, God's people, right? And, and the funny thing about that is God never spoke to him about building a wall. No dream, no vision, no word, no prophet. No, it's just in his heart to want to do it. How many things have God put in your heart to do? And we ignore it, we, do, we don't we pass it by, we try to you know escape it, but God is still lingering to want to have us do those things that he's called us to do. we are his hands, we are his feet, He wants to use us to do His will. Now God waited thirteen years with the, the walls down in Jerusalem, 13 years. God was waiting for someone to have a heart to want to build now he wasn't Nehemiah wasn't a builder, he was a cupbearer. you know what a cupbearer is a guy that sat next to the king, and when they brought the food and the wine, he ate it and drank it first to see if there was poison in it. And if there was poison in it, well, the cupbearer died. The king lived. So, It's a prestigious job, but it's a dangerous job. I mean, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, you never know. But anyway, so because they were so afraid of the king's... But in my mind, I was thinking, I would get a poison that has a delayed reaction, you know, like it came the next day. You know, that's what you get for watching Murder Mysteries. But anyway. <laughs> so we're going to learn some invaluable principles about how to approach God with a request and how to be used of God to accomplish what he wants in his kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, you know, everybody is looking for God to talk to them. Oh, speak to me, Lord. Just, uh, just tell me what you want me to do. And I had one minister that was talking about that. He said he was begging the Lord, Lord, speak to me, Lord, speak to me, speak to me. I want to hear your voice. And the Lord said after a while, got tired of hearing, he says, I spoke to you a whole bunch of words in that book there, that Bible that's on your nightstand. Why don't you start reading some of those words, then we can go on from there. Amen? And and, and so when you read the Bible, it speaks to you. You hear the voice of the Lord when you read the Bible, don't you? Even when someone texts you and you look and you read it, you can hear their voice when you see the text, can't you? Yes. The way they talk, you can just imagine. And that's the way God is. When you read his word, you can hear his voice. You can hear what he's talking to you in your heart. It's likened to, I don't know if you guys did this in grade school, but if you were sweet on somebody and you were so shy, you didn't want to go up to him and talk to them, so you had a cohort, a friend, that you would tell them, here, write this note. Tell this girl that I like her and see if she likes me, right? You ever do that? Anybody want to admit it? No. <laughs> so you get and your friend was a little reluctant to do that. You know, he said like, "I'm not going to do that." No, come on, come on, come on. And so they, he finally agrees and he goes there. And so you're sitting at your desk, being nonchalant, not looking around, and you see the the paper go and on her desk, and she doesn't make any facial expression so you really don't know what she's thinking you know she looks at it okay she starts writing some things and gives it to the guy and then you wait okay I'm waiting to see what it says so you open it up and it says well uh you know they say some nice things about you and then they end it with he little Chucky he's a very special person okay that's that, that sounds good right and then you put it in your pocket and then you look at it again. Special. What do you mean special? You mean like special for somebody else but not for you? Or I mean he's a special needs kind of guy? Or, or oh she's special. Oh maybe oh maybe I'm special to her. Okay, we have to develop that. See, but you, you, you kind of meditate in there and you try to figure out what the person is saying, and so that's the way it is with God. You kind of meditate in there, see what God is speaking to you, and He'll speak to your heart. Praise the Lord see now why why didn't Jerusalem have a wall? Well as you know the children of Israel they were disobedient a lot not like us but anyway they would get into idols and, and do you know crazy things and so God had to punish them and let other nations come in and, and, and uh, you know, cap uh, capture them and, and so they took them to Babylon and then they burned the temple, they burned the walls they just decimated the whole place, and then finally Ezra came in and regained the worship of the temple. They built the temple, but the walls were down. Now, you can't have a city with the walls down, can you? No, because you never know when you're going to get invaders from other nations coming in, so they were in torment, and we're going to find out what they were saying. Let's look at it here. The words of Nehemiah in chapter 1. It says, the words of Nehemiah, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hannah, one of my brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. See, in those days, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have, you know, uh, voicemail. They didn't have even, even newspapers. It was word of mouth that would travel. Now, the city was 800 miles from where Nehemiah was, so finally word got to him that they uh, were, this what it says, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. They didn't have a wall. They had to go to bed at night, not knowing if they're going to be attacked. The the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. It was a terrible time, very embarrassing to have a city and no fortress to protect you. So what did Nehemiah do when he heard this news? He said, oh, well, you know that's too bad. I'm here in the palace. I'm living pretty good. I'll pray for them. Is that what he said? No. No. Let's see what he says. And when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He said he sat down, in other words, his his legs got weak. He was caught up by it. He sat down and wept the Bible says, if you look it up, wept sore, he bemoaned, he was, he was touched, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because he loved God and he loved his people. A lot of times we hear people have problems, they go, oh, well, I'll pray for you, praise God, bless, bless God, you know, uh, the Lord will help you. He, but he didn't do that. He had a desire to want to help the people of God and help God. You know, that we used to sing that song, my heart breaks with what breaks your heart, Lord, right? So a lot of people might feel bad about a dilemma, but Nehemiah took it to heart and felt the heart of God in the matter. He didn't just uh, feel bad for Jerusalem. He did something about it. Amen? There are times thousands of opportunities for us to minister and, and witness or be a blessing to others. Amen? Many times. And in James 2, 15 through 16, let's look at it here. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit them? What good is that? Be warmed, be filled, and be gone. No, that's not the way we're supposed to act when a person's in trouble and in need. And I'm I'm so uh, touched by uh, Gina was saying that Last week, I was talking about how the Lord nudges us. He doesn't have to always speak to us, but he nudges us to do good things. And so she said on her job, there was a house there that had a bunch of leaves in the lawn and trash and things. And every day, she looked at it, and the Lord was nudging her. Go ahead. Clean it up. Go ahead. Clean it up. And she said, that's not my job. But she said that nudging wouldn't go away, so finally she just cleaned up the yard. She felt so good that she was used by God. Even I have these situations. In fact, I'm teaching on this, and a lady calls me up, and she says, this is an emergency. I've got some bushes that need to be trimmed, and it's overhanging my neighbor's lawn, and they're giving me a hard time. Can you do it, or can you find someone to do it? We're in the hospital here in another state. And I said, uh, you know, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> I'm teaching on that today, <laughs> so uh, of course we'll work on it and, and we'll get some things done. And, and because how can you negate a guy's in the hospital, right? He's—they've been to a church for a while. They're part of us. Why would I like like not do it? Oh, I got to watch TV, or I got to do. Please give me a break. So uh, I was listening to a, a minister was saying when he first started in the ministry, he would used to go into the parking lot and make sure that nobody was stealing from the cars, and he was making sure everything was, you know, above board, and he had a friend that was with him who was a uh, body and fender repairman. So they're going through the cars, and they see one car's got a bunch of baby toys in there, and they figured it was maybe a, a lady that had kids, and there was a big dent in the in the fender, and he goes, watch this. And so he he knew how to just punch it and pull it and make it. He pulled the dent right out. He goes, look at that. He says, well, aren't you going to write a note and tell the lady that you did it? Nah just leave it like that and let, the, let him think the Lord healed it in the middle of the service. <laughs> and that's what we have to do. We have to do things not wanting applause or parade or anything. Just do it as unto the Lord. The Lord sees and the Lord will reward you, right? But most people are concerned about me, myself, and I. Do you want to acknowledge that? Me, myself, and I, usually, is that what our prayers are? But I was so touched by, uh, Leanne was saying that she fasted for five days for certain things, people that weren't saved in her family, people that are in the church here that needed help. She fasted and prayed, just like Nehemiah did, right? Not just our concerns, but we're taking the heart of God for people. And so the Bible says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has before, preordained. That we should walk in them. There's things that God wants us to do that only we can do. So God touched Nehemiah. And, uh, okay, now this wall that he has to build, it's not cleaning up leaves. It's not pulling out dents. It's not trimming trees. He was going to build a a wall that was 2.5 miles long. That's a long distance, isn't it? When you're driving in the car, and it's a mile, two miles. That's a long, two and a half miles. Now, how high was the wall? 40 feet high. And how wide was it? 8 feet wide. Now that's a project, isn't it? And it's 800 miles miles away. That's like going to Boise, Idaho. I mean, like who wants to go to Boise, Idaho on a horseback? And but Nehemiah had a burden in his heart. So and he couldn't do it alone, so he had to have an influence. And so you have to have influence in your job, in your home, in your neighborhood, all kinds of places God wants to use you. Praise the Lord. And, and uh, you know, I know that even in my own life, uh, my wife and I, my wife and my son, help me quite a bit right now. But it wasn't always that way. They would help, but they would say, Dad, you know, this is kind of discouraging when people come to the church and you pour your heart out to them and then they leave and things don't go right. And, and, and we're in this community center, Lord, uh, Dad, I mean, come on. But they stuck with me. They saw my determination to do what God has called me to do, and so they followed along. You have to be that way in your own family. If they're not following along, you have to keep, you know, they'll see your faithfulness. They'll see your desire. They'll see your hunger. They'll see the hand of God that's upon you. Amen? And they'll follow. So you can't give up. So he he finished this project. How long do you think it would take? To finish a project two and a half miles long, 40 feet high, eight feet wide. How long do you think it would take? Do I have a, a clue? Huh? Three years, you would think, right? How about this? 52 days. That I mean, this is some great work, isn't it? Now, he's not even a builder, he's a cupbearer. Why? What was happened? Okay, so what happened was he would pray to the Lord for how long? Four months. Four months, he was praying continually before the Lord to get direction and get instruction. Now, God's a master builder. Do you know God can do everything? Remember when he talked to Moses? He said, here's how, how I want you to build the tabernacle. This way, you know, with the curtains and the, the, everything, the gates. And, and even Noah's Ark. Didn't he tell him exactly how he wants to do it? In fact, we're going to go see a, a replica of Noah's Ark in September, our family. Uh, not going to miss Sunday service, but we're going to go during the week and see. And this thing is supposed to be... One and a half football fields long, 160 feet long, three stories, and it takes two days to go through it. Wow. And we're going to see all the animals in there too, all right? Praise the Lord. Both male and female. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> so he had to intently... Now, can we go back to that thing about where, where he, what he did? He wept sore he, uh, in Nehemiah. Uh, Anthony, can you? I think it's one of the first ones. When he heard the news, he he sat down and wept. He he cried. He he with tears. Do you remember someone else that cried in tears in the Bible? Jesus did, didn't he? With Lazarus, he wept. He cried. He had compassion. That's the key right here. You have to have compassion about something. There's things that uh, God has put in your heart to do, whether it be children's church, whether it be raising kids, whether it be working on your job, if it's any projects that you have. You have to have a passion for it and allow the Lord to guide and direct you. I mourned and I fasted. That's serious when you have to fast, and I prayed before the God of heaven. So let's see what the, how he prayed. Let's look at this. Uh, it says, The Lord, the God of heavens... If we can go there, where it says, pray to God, the Lord God of heavens, maybe it's not on here, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. So what's he saying? He, he's buttering God up in a, in a way. He's praising him, saying, you are a great God. You're a terrible God. You're an awesome God. We, we have to recognize how great God is. And that's what Jesus said. When you go to pray, don't just come in with your list of ten things that you need him to do. He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Great is your name, right? Acknowledge, uh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. we got to remember who we're talking to. The creator of heaven and earth that can do all things and made our bodies and can can uh, re-heal our bodies. Amen? He says, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. Your servant is praying before you day and night. He didn't get off of it. Day and night. Day and night. Amen. I'm believing God for something and I'm praying day and night. You know, if it's nighttime, oh, so quiet. Oh, I can hear you, Lord. I can talk to you. Praise the Lord. Day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. He acknowledged the awesomeness and greatness of God and he, uh, sometimes we forget how great he is. Can we go to that slide where it talk, talks about the uh, five things that we do? Uh, I'm really putting Anthony. Okay, so here's how you pray. You acknowledge his awesomeness. Isn't that the right thing to do? When you go see the President of the United States, or a very important person, you don't just walk in and say, okay, here's what I need. No, you say, I really appreciate you. I appreciate your hard work and everything and all the great things that you have done. Whether he, he did or not, you just acknowledge it. <laughs> Confess your responsibility for the faults. We're going to get into that. Pray God's promises, wait for his leading, and ask for his favor. So here's what he says. I confess the sins we Israel... He puts himself in it. Some people don't like to admit they did anything wrong. Do you know anybody like that? Are you one of those people? (laughs) I didn't do it. No, I did nothing wrong. Okay. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. And there's no record of Nehemiah doing anything bad or causing any sin. But he associates. I can remember even in grade school. Yeah, I, I, I can remember this one lady would stand up, this real mature young adult young woman, said, uh, uh, "Teacher, uh, we're sorry that we have been disobedient to you, and we haven't been listening to you, We've been doing crazy things. But we want to." Class, we want to do what's right in your sight. She took on the responsibility. Nehemiah, Nehemiah took on the responsibility. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commandments and, and of your servant Moses. But he rehearses the promises. He says, remember the instructions that you gave your servant Moses, which was over a thousand years ago. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and my commands, then I will, Then, even if you're exiled to the farthest horizon, I will gather you up from there and bring them to the place where I have designated for you. A thousand years ago, God he reminded God of his promises. What promises do we have to re- remind God? We and our whole household shall be saved. By his stripes, we are healed. You are our provider. All the things that he said he would do. God doesn't put out promises, idle promises. If he put them out, he's able to fulfill them. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Amen. Nehemiah said, "You made a promise to Moses and he quoted Leviticus and he quoted Deuteronomy that your servants and your people who are redeemed pay attention, listen to our plea." Praise God. Now, God puts things in our heart to do. Is there things in your heart that God wants you to do and he's been waiting for you to do them? God waited 13 years for Nehemiah for anybody to want to build the wall. I, I can remember this story about this missionary that went to a, some you know, foreign country, and uh, he, he, he gathered all the people there, and uh, he set up a church, and he set up a little children's church for the kids. There's a lot of kids in that town. And so he, he said to them, okay, kids, we're going to build a little hut, and that'll be our children's church meeting place. Yeah, okay, that's great. So they built the hut, and then he called up his friends and said, okay, we're ready for you to come and, and teach the kids. He goes, okay, keep keep building, keep keep preparing. So they prepared, and they got all the lessons, the curriculum, and they got the chairs, and they got it all ready. He said, okay, we're ready for you to come. And he said, you know what? I, I, think, it's, I think the Lord put it in your heart to teach the kids. And, and I remember when we were in, in our first church, And people would have ideas. Pastor, we should do this. Pastor, we should do that. I agree with you. You do it. (laughs) Amen? Amen. When God puts it in your heart, you're supposed to do it. (laughs) You like that, (laughs) Wendell? (laughs) Pastor, you need to do this and do that, okay? Why don't you do this and do that? Praise the Lord. So now here's a key scripture. Are you ready for this? He's praying for four months. That's a long time to be praying for something day and night. And he didn't give up. So uh, here's, uh, here's his, So he, he tells the king, uh, let me see, where am I here? Okay, in verse uh, uh, chapter 2, in the month of Nisan, in the 12th, 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when the wine was brought to him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had not, seen, I had not been sad in the presence before the king. And the king asked me, why does your face look so sad? You are not ill. What is wrong? Now, in, as a cupbearer, you're not supposed to be sad in front of the king, right? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and the waitress is not happy and she just throws her food down? On, and you go like, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> you know. In those days, if the cupbearer had a bad face, guess what? Off with his face. And so he was like, Oh he was much afraid have you uh, but i said to the king may the king live forever and probably he said may i live forever too why should your why not my face look sad where the city where my ancestors are buried in ruins and the gates have been burned now the king could have said what is that to me that's a foreign country foreign people what do i care Now, remember, he had been praying for a long time, for four months. You know, there's power when you pray. You have some kind of like inner energy when you talk. It has power. And all of a sudden, the king, he he wanted to do what Nehemiah wanted him to do. Now, look at what it says here. Then I said, so he says, the king said to me, what is it you want? That's amazing. The king asking the cupbearer, what do you want? And the king, so the The king could have taken offense to it, but he said a quick prayer. Nehemiah said a quick prayer. Even though he'd been praying for four months, he still still said a quick prayer because he wanted to have the exact words to say before the king. He said, If it please the king and your servant has found favor in your sight, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And the king who was sitting with the queen. What does that mean? That means that it was a formal affair. The queen was there. The king is a little more softer when the queen is there. Nehemiah was waiting for the right time. How many of you know you need the right time to talk to somebody? You want to correct them or you want to ask them something or you need favor. You wait for the open door where God is going to give you a freeway into their hearts. He said, uh, so with the queen being there, he, so he asked the king asked him, Well, how long are you gonna be gone and when are you gonna come back? And Nehemiah, if he hadn't planned, he could have said, I don't know. I gotta get there first and check it out. No, he said, I'll be go-. He set a date that he would be back in 52 days. Praise the Lord. Now, now you ready? Right, this is a nugget, this is free of charge, but it'll change your life. Now, <laughs> In Proverbs 21:1 it says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it whithersoever he will like the rivers of water. So you remember this is in reference to Pharaoh, remember when the the 10 plagues came and Moses came to him and said, "Let my people go." And he said, "Okay, they can go." Then he changes his mind, "No, they can't go." He said, oh, "Okay, they can go." "Oh no, they can't go." God was changing his heart. We can change the heart of people that are in authority over us, people that are making rules and regulations over us. When you go for a loan, when you go for a job, all these things that you have no control over, it's up to a person's decision. You can pray, Lord, you can change the heart of the king. It's in your hand. You, as rivers of water, you can turn whether you ever, with us wherever you will. Now, I've seen this in practice. I've told my son he's put it in practice. I learned it from a book about 20 or 30 years ago. So people would come to me with counseling, and they would give me a problem, a court situation. And I looked at them, and I said, in my mind, I said, not even God can help you with this one. This is a hard one. But let's pray this prayer. Proverbs 21.1, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he turns it with us servant. he will. I thank you, Lord, that you turn the judge's heart in your favor. I prayed it, I said, it's on you and Lord, and the next week I saw them, I go, well, how did it go? Oh, pastor, oh man, that was a great prayer. Oh, hallelujah, everything worked out good. My draw dropped. I said, how in the world did that happen? I went to the pastor, I said, pastor, this scripture really works. And you know what he said to me? They all really work. I go, yeah, but this one, man, this really works. I've seen God do great things with this. My son has, when he goes to court, he uses that scripture, Proverbs 21.1. I know when, we were, uh, when my mom was alive, we used to go to her house, and my mom was a stickler for being on time. I said 2 o'clock, it's 2.30, where are you guys? I go, Mom, we're coming a long way, okay? <laughs> that didn't change anything. So when we'd be in the car... And we're driving, and we prayed Proverbs twenty-one, one. The heart of the king is, Lord, just give my wife, my mom, my my mom a soft heart. And when we got there; she was so glad to see us. No rebuke, no nothing, even when we were late. I go, how did God do that? Praise the Lord, Amen. So God is good. So uh, so then, here's what He said, Nehemiah. He said, "How how long will it take?" He said he set a date. Then he said, "You know what." here's what I need. I need some letters to go through this country that is kind of, uh, you know, not friendly with us to let them know that I'm coming through. Then I need a letter so that I can have some lumber for the gates. I need to have uh, certain things. And he said, yeah, okay, I'll give you all of these things that you need. And here it is right here. He says, and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God that was upon me. What was it? The king granted me according to the gracious, good hand of God that's upon me. you got to have the good hand of God upon you to live this life. Amen? Every day when you wake up, God, give me favor as I go through this world, as I go through all the things that I'm facing. Lord, grant me favor. Be gracious to me. And people will acknowledge it. People will want to give you things. People will want to share things with you, tell you things that you didn't know. I'm trying to think of some things just recently uh, where I didn't know that that would happen, but someone comes alongside and says, oh, have you tried this or have you done this? Oh, wow, look at that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit's guidance. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not real, uh, what do you call it, uh, not mechanical, but what do you call it? I'm not a builder per se. I'm not a fixer-upper, but things go wrong in the church here, and I got I to fix them. And so we had a little problem with the sound uh, board, the wall. And uh, so I tried one time, two times, three times, four times to finally fix it. And my sense is, well, why don't you just fix it right the first time? Yeah. <laughs> I go, if I knew I would have done it the right time the first time. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. So... <laughs> I'm even laughing at myself, you know, because <laughs> I had to do the same thing at the house, you know, and you know, my wife and my son, you know, when I say, "Oh, look what I did! I, I fixed this," and and they don't come to look at it; they come to inspect it, you know. <laughs> well, Dad, you missed a spot right right here. This looks a little rough, right? Here. Okay, okay, I'll work. I'll work on it. Amen. <laughs> but but you, look what the, look what you and the Lord can do. Praise the Lord. Now, as I end this. Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? Can you are you ready to do the work that God has called you to do? Amen. Now, guess what? There's always little people that come against you, trials, tribulations, and situations. They didn't just freely build the wall. They had some problems. Did you know? Oh yeah. They had this guy named Sam Ballot, and uh, I forgot his other guy's name, Tobiah. And these guys were furious that they were trying to build the wall. They were upset. They said, you're going to try to build a wall. You guys know how to build a wall. A fox would go over the top of the wall and knock it down. What are you going to do? Like pray and have it come up? You know, what are you guys, crazy or something? So they, they were intimidating them. They were trying to say, you can't do it. Anybody tell you you can't do it? Ah, what you, that business you're trying to do, you can't do that. Have a church? You can't have a church. Anything, get married to that person? You can't, you're not going to be a good husband. You're not going to be a good wife. Amen. quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> so, so they tried to intimidate him. That didn't work. So they got together and they conspired to attack them. They threatened them. We're going to come and, and knock you off the wall. You're not even going to be able to build it. And so they said, you have no authority to do that. You can't do that. So they gathered the people and they said, listen, if they come to attack us, we're going to be ready. We're going to have our arms. We're going to have our swords, our spears. We're going to defend our country. We're going to defend our city. And so they backed off. But you know what? They didn't stop there, the uh, Nehemiah's people. They said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have people build the wall, and we're going to have other people defend them and watch and make sure that they don't attack us. And the guys that were working had swords on their, uh, their belts in case they were attacked. And guess what? They didn't even wash their clothes. I mean, they didn't take their clothes off. They clo- they took them off to wash them, but that's it. They didn't go to bed. They went. They didn't go to bed with- in their pajamas. They went to bed in their outfits because they didn't know when- if they were going to be attacked or not. They were. The Bible says, "Watch and pray." Amen. We-, we had a we had a situation at our church. We were the other church, and we were having prayer meeting, and uh, it was a- it was a night Wednesday night, and somebody came and stole this guy's truck, and the pastor says. We need to watch and pray <laughs> we need to be be aware of what's happening. praise the Lord and so they 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 did that, and then they they sent Tobiah and Samba Ball- and Sambaa's name means enemy in disguise, enemy in secret. you have any enemies in secret that are trying to thwart your your plans so they they came to him and they said, listen, come come down off the wall. we want to tell you some things we want to we want to conspire with you we want to you know. Help you, and he said, "No, I, I, I'm doing a great work here. Why are you calling me out to do?" We had one one family uh, member, Marianne. They always wanted us to go with them on a vacation on Sunday. We said, "We can't go on Sunday. That's the Lord's day." They said, Let's "Just take a vacation." No, nah, we don't take a vacation. <laughs> this is our vacation. This is our refreshing. This is how we come to be refreshed and get direction from the Lord. We don't take Sundays off. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And and so they're trying to get him to come off the wall. And he said, I'm doing a great work. They did this four times. Four times. And he kept saying the same answer. We're doing a great work here. Finally, they sent an open letter. Open letter means that they read it in front of everybody, saying, you are just trying to be king. You're trying to build your own empire and, and, and you know, trying to threaten them that way. He said, no, no, we, we, we're not buying that. Then one guy, they hired this one guy, come to the temple and let's, let's lay some plans out. Let's talk about it. He said, no, you, you're, you're, you're hired to, do, to, you know, destruct what I'm trying to do. And he didn't bite. How many people tried to do things to you? You just can't bite. You just can't be taken away. Praise the Lord. Uh, Lord. So they they had the four challenges. They had five challenges that that, uh, Nehemiah had to fight and say, no, I'm going to stay on course. I'm going to do the Lord's will. I'm going to see it accomplished to the glory of God in the name of Jesus. So what happened with the cupbearer? He became a builder, and he built the wall. And what happened after that? He became governor of the town. So he went from just a low esteem to do the Lord's work to be rewarded by the Lord. Is that you? Is that you? Take the small things in life. Let God bless you. Let him magnify you or exalt you in due time. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can encourage each other to do the work that you've called us to do, that you give us direction and guidance in our heart and in our spirit to do those things that you want us to do to advance your kingdom. We thank you that we're obedient to it, looking to you for our, uh, our blessing, looking to you for all that you have for us. We just give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Take a, take a deep breath and just breathe in the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're so good. Lord Jesus, you're so good. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me bless it first. Let's let's bless it first. Father, we thank you for this communion. We thank you for the the bread and the wine that was uh, designated to represent your body and your blood. We ask you to bless it. Let it be symbols of what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. As they're passing out the instruments, Jesus did a great work. He heard what the Father had asked of him. He said, Lo, in the volume of the book, it is written, I come to do thy will, O Lord. He had a great task, but he did it for us. And that opened up the doorway for all of us to receive the blessings of the Lord, to receive his presence. We thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 I'm just so filled with the goodness of the Lord. God is good, and his mercy endures forever. What a wonderful God we serve. How many of you are going to use Proverbs 21.1 for situations that you're facing? Amen? Yes. God is in control. Amen. So the Bible says that Jesus gathered his apostles. He said, what I'm about to do is going to bring you into the kingdom of God, into his heavenly realm. So, this body that's going to be given to you, this blood that's going to be shed for you, is going to be for the remission of your sins and to get access and entrance into the throne of God. So, as you take the the bread, remember, Jesus gave us the supreme sacrifice of giving himself to us. Take and eat of the bread. The blood that was shed was for all of our sins to be forgiven. What a wonderful thing to erase everything that we've done wrong so that we don't have to look back and say, but Lord, I did this. No, I don't remember. It's been washed away. Take and drink of the cup, symbolizing the blood that was shed for us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
1: There's a place where sin in my life, she meant powerless. There's a place where mercy's grace and reigns never die. Where all the love Is never found Comes like a flood Flowing down At the cross, at the cross I surrender my life I'm in all I mean all you. Where your love runs red and your sin washes white. I mean all you.
0: I'm just enjoying the music. How about you? You know, they say the music touches every part of your brain and your soul. It ministers to us. So let's just take a moment to soak in what we heard today, soak in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. say that for any message you should pull out at least two things that you can apply in your life that way you can grow day by day, week by week every week for now until November we have something planned every week so every week come to the church be a part of what God is doing amen amen So Father, we thank you that as we gather here today, we just receive you, receive your promises, receive your spirit. We thank you that you love us so much, and we give you the praise, and the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen.